You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Marlins podcast, your only daily podcast on all things Miami Marlins. As always, I'm your host, Arm Layton. I've been a longtime Marlins writer as well as a minor league play-by-play broadcaster. And today's episode is going to be centered around Eliezer Hernandez. We're continuing the season review series, this time with the Marlins' young former Rule 5 draft pick. Going to talk about what clicked for him this year in a lot of different ways because he was really sharp before going down with an injury. Then some concerns on the peripherals and then his overall just future implications on the team, potential trade value, and all those things that go into it. But definitely going to take a dive into the advanced analytics of Eliezer Hernandez because he's an interesting case, some good, some concerning things, and a little bit in between, but definitely a valuable piece for the Marlins to have acquired out of the Rule 5 draft. So excited to look at Eliezer Hernandez. Going to jump right into it with his numbers on this season. He was 1-0, 316 ERA, six starts, 25 and two thirds innings, 34 strikeouts. And right off the bat, you're thinking, you know, six starts, but only 25 and two thirds innings. Well, you know, that was the thing that was kind of frustrating at times with him this year was that you had those reservations about whether he would be able to go deep into ball games. And I'll get into it a little bit later about his numbers through the lineup the third time around, and they're not good. And that's something that had been talked about a lot. I think many fans are very aware of Hernandez's struggles when it starts to get later in ball games. That's why we often saw him pulled in the fifth inning almost as a proactive move by manager Don Mattingly. But still, at, at some point, you got to see what this guy can do deeper into games. But then the counterpoint to that would be, well, do we really have to see what he can do? A lot of pitchers today don't go more than five innings, and some really good ones don't, like Blake Snell and some other guys that are more than good enough in those five innings, and then you figure it out with the bullpen. The other counterpoint to that, as I'm basically arguing with myself, would be that the Rays have one of the best bullpens in baseball. The Marlins are not built for that, and they need starters that can go deeper into games. So there's a lot of different thoughts that go into it. And look, Eliezer is only 25 years old, and the big reason why he struggles to go deeper into starts is because he's really a two-pitch guy, and that's where you tend to struggle as a hitter gets his third look at you when he can start to narrow down what he can expect, right? He's going to see two pitches from you, and now by the third time, he's going to start to get a little bit more comfortable with your sequencing and get a little bit better at picking up that slider out of your hand because for Eliezer, it's fastball slider, especially to righties, it's just fastball slider. He started mixing in a changeup to left-handed hitters, which gave him a little bit of a different look and I think helped him a bit because the splits against lefties versus righties have never been very favorable. He's always been much better against against righties and struggled against lefties that continued this year so the changeup didn't bail him out but it did help him a little bit but it's a four seamer that he throws 60% of the time a slider that he throws 35% of the time and then the changeup that he mixes in just a fraction at less than 10% frequency there on that pitch usage As for the pitch breakdown, it's really just a fastball slider that I'll get into statistically. The fastball is not anything special, really. He works in the low 90s, can run it up to mid 90s, but what works for him is that he locates it very well. He has very good command, and he has a good control, and is able to 
get the most out of what is a relatively average fastball. He does get some good spin on it, and he does get some ability to swing and miss thanks to the spin and thanks to the location of it. But really, the reason why he's effective is that slider. The slider is really a plus pitch in the major leagues already. It has gotten better and better each year, and this year it was a very, very good pitch. Opponents hit just 114 against that slide piece, and right-handed hitters, 1 for 22 with 11 Ks against his slider. It was always a good pitch. It just became a very good pitch this year because he gained an inch of horizontal movement, which is a lot when we're talking about a slider. He also has been locating it even better. I went back and watched game after game of Eliezer Hernandez, and he seemed to be putting that slider wherever he wanted it. There was often times where he had better command of the slider than the fastball, and that was his bread and butter. Even though he threw the fastball more frequently, he would throw the slider slider in any count and it would set up the fastball because opponents hit 274 off the fastball. It wasn't a great pitch. It's just he was able to get ahead with the heater and hope that it didn't get squared up. If he gets you to foul it off, if he gets you to take a strike, then he mixes in the slider. That's where things started to go his way a little bit. The other thing though is that when a hitter is sitting on the fastball, they're going to tee off quite a bit. His exit velo or allowed exit velo was pretty high. 92 miles per hour puts him at the third percentile in all of baseball, meaning that 97% of pitchers gave up lower average exit velocities than Eliezer Hernandez. Despite that, he still put up good numbers. As I mentioned, the 316 ERA, the strikeout numbers are good at 34 Ks and 25 and two thirds innings, but the splits is where things are interesting and not just lefty righty splits. Cause I think that's what we often think about when you hear splits, but how about home road splits as well? Both of them are very dramatic for Eliezer Hernandez. And I would say the home road splits are even more dramatic than the lefty-righty. I kind of got into why the lefty-righty splits are dramatic, and it's because of the fact that he's a two-pitch guy. The changeup needs to get going for him if he wants to be a legitimate starting pitcher that can go deeper into games, right? Because if you can't mix in a third pitch at the major league level, you're going to struggle really badly against left-handed hitters. We see it all the time. And while there's guys that can get away with it, you usually need to have a plus fastball to be a two-pitch guy and still be effective as a starter. And even then, you're going to have a short leash and you're not going to be able to go deep into games as we saw with Hernandez time and time again. What are those splits, lefty versus righty? Well, first I'll go into the career splits because that's where it's a more honest sample size just because we know how short this season was. But honestly, the sample size from this year, even though it was only 25 and two-thirds innings, was pretty on par with the rest of his career splits. Overall, left-handed hitters, an 872 OPS against him, which is obviously not very ideal. A 10% walk rate for Eliezer, which is not like him because against righties, his walk rate is half that at 5% and a 19.6% K rate against left-handed hitters. Right-handed hitters, just a 720 OPS, a 5% walk rate, as I mentioned, which is half of that against left-handers, and a 24.5% K rate, so a 5% higher K rate against right-handed hitters, and half of the walk rate against right-handed hitters, the OPS more than 150 points lower against righties. So that's pretty dramatic there. And the home runs are a big catalyst there. He gives up a lot more homers to left-handed hitters. And and that's going to have to be a change-up that comes into the mix for him to be able to get left-handed hitters out. And it's got to be a pitch that he can be able to use against righties too, because good hitters are going to be able to start figuring Eliezer out. And there's going to be guys that 
once they figure him out, you're going to be dreading having Eliezer face certain lineups because really pro hitters love fastball slider guys, especially if it's a fastball that's not special. I will go back and say that Eliezer's slider has gotten so good that he's able to ride these two pitches. I mean, the fact that he had a 114 opponent batting average against that pitch is a testament to how good it's gotten. The fact that he's able to spin it better than he ever has, they got one more inch of horizontal movement, and the fact that he can just work off of really what is one plus pitch and still be an effective big league arm gives you hope that if he adds that third pitch, he could be very special. But the fact that he goes down with an injury, that definitely sets him back. I mean, I don't know if we can expect him to come back from an injury and also have a third pitch developed, right? I don't know if that's on the forefront of his mind right now. And the injury was really unfortunate for the Marlins as a team. And of course, to Hernandez, who was putting together his best campaign that we have seen. He was spectacular in those six starts. He got roughed up a little bit in that last one, but I would assume that injuries played a little bit of a part in it because the last two starts before going into that final start where he only went two innings before coming out with the injury, he went five innings against the Nationals where he was solid, two runs, both earned, both came on solo shots, still picked up the win. And then the very next start against the Mets, he gets the loss and he gave up two more home runs there. He did punch out seven. And that was what was impressive out of Hernandez is every single start, he punched out at least five. He went five, five, nine, six, seven. And then I'm not counting the last outing where he just went two innings before coming out with an injury at 39 pitches. So for Hernandez, that slider is always going to give him a chance to compete, especially when it's on, but you just can't ride two pitches all the way through, and I think that's become evident when he gets deeper into starts. I'm going to talk about his home road splits and why those matter and why they're so dramatic in a moment. A reminder that this episode is brought to you by none other than Built Bar, 18 delicious flavors, six brand new ones. They're easy to chew, covered in chocolate, perfect for a keto diet, low in calories, low in sugar, low in fat, high in protein. What else could you want from a protein bar? And they have every single amazing flavor that you can imagine. Any type of dessert, it's probably a Built Bar flavor, except it doesn't have all of the bad stuff that candy bars or whatever it may be has in it that still somehow makes it taste good. Built Bar is the exception. It's good for you and it tastes good. And if you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com for 20% off your next order and a free cooler while supplies last. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order and a free cooler while supplies last. So a little bit more on Hernandez's home road splits. And this is where things are a little bit more concerning for me because the lefty-righty stuff... You can develop a changeup. It doesn't even have to be great. It can just be an average pitch, and it's enough to just keep left-handers off balance and enough to at least mitigate that dramatic split a little bit. The home road splits are very drastic, and there's a pretty clear explanation as to why. Hernandez is what has become somewhat of a rare breed in the game today. He's a fly ball pitcher, and it's quite obvious why fly ball pitchers are a rare breed. It's because the ball flies out of the yard. The new baseball flies out of the yard and also higher velocity, bigger, stronger guys. Balls that were not normally home runs are home runs now. And that's why you're seeing a lot of power sinkers and a lot of just strikeout guys. Where Hernandez is one of the rare fly ball pitchers. And how do his fly ball numbers stack up to the rest of the league? It's not insanely different, but it is different enough. 
26% fly ball rate this past year. Average in the big leagues is 22%. And when you look at the previous two years, it's a little bit better, which is encouraging because he had a 33% fly ball rate in 2019 and a 32% fly ball rate in 2018. Whether it's just because it was a smaller sample size of only 25 innings this year and that it would have leveled out back up to 30%, that's a question. Also, you keep in mind that the line drive rate off of Hernandez this year was way higher than typical. 18% line drive rate in 2019. 29% line drive rate this year, meaning just more balls were squared up off of Hernandez. So that you figure that takes away from some of the fly balls, even though he could give up a line drive homer, technically speaking, and it wouldn't count towards the fly ball rate. 29% on a line drive rate is not ideal. Average in the league is about 23%. So he is a guy that gives up a lot of balls in the air. The ground ball rate is is very low, 33% compared to the MLB average, which is now up to 45%. So he does not get a lot of ground balls. So naturally, a fly ball pitcher is going to tend to give up more home runs. And then, I think you've probably put it together by now, a fly ball pitcher is going to do better in a cavernous Marlins park than the road games that you'll see. That's okay for some pitchers because they can still induce a lot of infield fly balls. That's why infield fly ball rate is something that I like to look at. Because if you're a fly ball pitcher, that is okay for me as long as you are able to get a lot of weak contact in the infield because infield fly ball rate is vital. His infield fly ball rate was solid in 2019, believe it or not, at 13.4%. Took a big dip this year to 6.9%, which is a little bit more concerning because that means most of the fly balls are getting to the outfield and deeper than that. His home run to fly ball rate was right around the same at 17%, which is still much higher than most pitchers in the league which again is a little bit concerning, means a large portion of the fly balls that he's giving up are getting out of the yard, and he's giving up more fly balls than anybody else, which just naturally means he's giving up more home runs than anybody else. And that's why it's not ideal when you look at the splits. And what do the splits look like? 94 in a thirds innings at home, a 3.53 ERA, a 2.26 opponent batting average, and a 1.09 whip. That is a solid middle of the rotation arm if he does that, right? But the road... 79 and a thirds innings, a 6.35 ERA, a 2.74 opponent batting average, and a 1.59 whip. We're talking about two different pitchers, and this is in his career. You know, that's a pretty large sample size. At home, 15 home runs given up in 94 innings, which is, is not good at all. Like, that's still a ton of home runs. On the road, 21 home runs given up in 79 innings. You just cannot sustain that and and have success. There's just no way you can give up a home run almost every third inning. It's not even every fourth inning. It's more frequently than that. Almost every three and a half innings, he's giving up a bomb on the road. You cannot have success that way. There's just no possible way that you can be that effective. The home run to fly ball rate jumps from 12% at home to 17% on the road, meaning 5% more of the fly balls are leaving the yard on the road, which makes sense, right? Because it's a smaller stadium and the ball gets out easier. I just, that is concerning to me because you got to be able to pitch on the road and at home. There's things that you can figure out, right? And I think that's where the development comes in for Hernandez. But if you're going to have these splits problems against lefties versus righties and then home road splits which are two entirely different problems that you need to address accordingly 
that's just a lot to address for Eliezer Hernandez. I'm not saying he's like cooked. I'm not saying he's he's a fluke and that he's not going to be a major league starting pitcher. I think he is. I just don't think that the numbers we saw this past year of a 3-1-6 ERA in six starts is very sustainable. I think he's more of a guy that's going to sit in the fours and give you some really good starts at home, like really good starts. He could give you seven shutout innings at home when the ball is not carrying, but on the road, that's where he could have some blow-up starts. And for the Marlins, with how much starting pitching depth they have, that's why I'm a little bit more okay with trading Eliezer Hernandez. I think you can, yes, he got hurt, but I think you can sell high on him now after what he just did this past year. And really, you can see the tempered ceiling on a guy like this because of the liabilities that he has against certain hitters from one side of the plate and against teams on the road. Those two limitations are things that are going to temper his ceiling. If he was facing right-handed hitters at home all the time, he'd probably be a top-of-the-rotation arm. But that's just not the reality of it. There's a ton of left-handed hitters in baseball, and you're going to pitch on the road half the time. So it's just a lot of, of issues there to be figured out. And that's why I think Hernandez is a guy that you could potentially go out and deal. He's 25 years old, he's controllable, and he could be the centerpiece or at least a complementary piece to a deal. I don't want to just say ship him out of town because he has bad splits, but I think it's compounded with the fact that he is already a guy that is going to be pushing to make a spot in this rotation. When Edward Cabrera is called up, you already have Edward Cabrera, Sixto Sanchez, Sandy Alcantara, you also have Pablo Lopez, and then I would honestly rather see what Nick Knight can do. I want to see what some of these other guys can do. Max Meyer is going to climb very quickly. I've heard really good things about him from the alternate training site. There's so many pitchers, Braxton Garrett, Trevor Rogers. I just don't see where Hernandez fits into this mix, and why do you want to try and trade him when he's either pushed out of your rotation or when he's struggling? then the value is just not going to be there. So I think now is the time to do it, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's the guy that ends up getting shipped out of town. Regardless, I'm very impressed with the improvements that he's made to his slider. I'm impressed with the improvements that he's made to his command, and I think that this is a guy that is a really good story. Out of a Rule 5 draft pick to now turn into a quality back end of the rotation arm in the major leagues, that is good. But I think there's too many questions. There's too many liabilities with splits, with home and road, with lefty versus righty, that I don't think you can bank on this guy being a safe bet to be a solid you know, starting pitcher for you for the foreseeable future. There's going to be some bumps in the road, and I don't know how much he can just adjust and be able to develop another pitch and be able to get more out of a fastball that's pretty much maxed out as is and a slider that is fantastic but that's it that's all he really has right now so we'll see what he can do okay i hope he proves me wrong in that regard but he's a cheap controllable young starting pitcher that could continue to get better there's going to be a market for him out there because overall he has a good pitch ability and he has shown that he can put together some really good outings and that's why i think you you pitch him against a right-handed stacked lineup there's a good scenario where he's going to be able to carve those teams up pretty well thanks to his slider so we'll see what the deal is with him one last thing i wanted to just point out is the era through the order and this is where the two pitch kind of guy comes into affect you this is in his career first time through the order 3.49 era 232 on base or opponent batting average excuse me 750 ops second time through the order 418 era 773 ops that's pretty normal to see that jump a little bit nothing crazy third time through the order 949 era 
321 opponent batting average and a 1.056 1056 OPS and that is why you do not see Eliezer Hernandez pitch much past the fifth inning I don't know if I want to have a guy like that with those kind of limitations blocking up innings for younger guys that are knocking on the door but again you can get a kind of state of the team through this offseason there's no rush to have to make a move here or there, but I do think that there's a point in time where you might have to start exploring that if you really feel like Edward Cabrera is going to be ready, if you think Meyer can climb quicker than expected, and if you think that Braxton Garrett and Trevor Rogers are two centerpieces for this rotation in the near future. I think Trevor Rogers very much is as a left-hander that's very important to this rotation. We'll see what they decide to do. That's my thoughts on it. Overall, a great year for Hernandez until he got hurt. I hope he's rehabbing well, and I hope he gets back soon. It was great to see him just continue to develop. Still only 25 years old, has turned his slider into an incredible pitch, and I'm, I'm happy to see it and wish him nothing but the best. And whether he's a Marlin or not next year, I do expect him to continue to make somewhat of an adjustment and continue to make somewhat of an improvement. How much he can improve upon those dramatic splits is really the question for his career, and that'll remain to be seen. As always, thank you for listening. I look forward to talking more Marlins with you tomorrow. Maybe it'll be a player review. Maybe it'll be a top 10 prospects for 2021. Both of those will be coming up this week, which is coming first. I guess you'll have to stay tuned. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking Marlins baseball with you tomorrow.